This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. But we, we'd ask everybody, you know, take someone out for a cup of coffee. It's something about the, the fellowship, you know, something about that relationship of belonging together. And lots of people need a little word of encouragement when they go out for a cup of coffee, something like that. So if you haven't done that, or if your dog ate it, you still, your homework <laughs> still stands. <laughs> you got to go for it. Uh, well, listen to what it says here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of your calling. And God has called you. And he says here, live a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. By God. God. Always. And always is what percent? 100%. Always, he says. Be humble. Be humble. Always. Be gentle. Be gentle. And always. Be patient. Be patient is what he says here. With each other. Are, 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 are you always humble, gentle, and patient? You're not? No. Well, the Bible advocates for us to live, you know, in, in harmony with, with his calling for us. And he wants us to live humbly, gently, and patiently. So he's challenging us. And he forgives us for the times that we have not, but he's challenging us to begin to apply this. And then he goes on to say... Making the, allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Making allowance for each other's faults. There again, do you ever have a fault? Yes. Several people said yes. Yes. There's a lot of people who didn't say yes. They must not have any faults. <laughs> no, we, we all do have faults, but the Bible says making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Really, genuinely, who has faults? We, we all do. I mean, the Bible says we've all sinned and we've fallen short, you know. Who has none? Jesus. He has no faults. Verse 3, it says, make every effort. Every is what percent? 100%. So 100%. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. And I'd like to kind of demonstrate that. This bicycle is united. And you see, it's got a whole bunch of spokes there and spokes here and a chain and a sprocket and all. And all those things are united. They're connected together, and that's what makes it work. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. It says in verse 3, make every effort to keep yourselves, to keep yourselves united because there's an enemy of our soul the devil, who's always trying to divide us. He's trying to bring discord amongst us, but it says make every effort, you know, to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Don't let the devil cause division. Don't let him create discord. In in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, do all, and, and this word all again means 100%, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And this is talk about do all that we can do to live in peace with 100% of the people that God brings into our lives. Do, do we do all we can to live at peace with everyone? Well, I'm letting you answer that, and it challenges us that God is saying, do all that you can, that's what his word says, to live in peace with everyone. And if you think about when it says do all, think about this. If you were to fall, and maybe you were carrying a backpack or something, if you were to fall off of the, the dock and you were to fall into the water and you were to sink, would you do all you could to get to the surface and breathe again? Yes. Pretty important to breathe, is it not? Yes. So you would do all 
take off the backpack if you needed to, get rid of the weight, you know, get back to the surface. You're, you're really doing everything you can to breathe. And when the scripture tells us here, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Same thing, that you do everything so you can breathe. And, and let us do everything we can to live in peace with everyone. That's 100% of the people that God brings into our life. Because see, Satan, he tries to divide us. But Jesus, he seeks to unite us. He genuinely does. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Do you have a, a disagreement with anyone? Boy, it was really quiet in here. Have you ever had a disagreement with anyone? Yes. And, and it's easy for a disagreement to rise up amongst us, you know. And, and that's what he's telling me. He says, please. God's word says this. Please, because you belong to the Lord. Because you belong to the Lord. Because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Because you belong to the Lord. Settle the disagreement. It does not honor God to have a disagreement. An ongoing argument, you know, uh, discord, division among you. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Try to live in peace. God has called us peacemakers, and that's what he wants us to be. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and this could go meddling with us, I suppose. Verse 18, it says, Wives, Submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Because you belong to the Lord. We need to be in harmony. Wives of husbands and husbands of wives, we really need to strive to be in harmony, to be united and working together. You know, And then let's read that again in the Message Bible. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. And let's read one more passage that echoes the same sentiment, but it clarifies it a little bit in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. In what? Everything. Submit yourself unto your husbands in concerning what you cook. Right? In everything. It says in everything. You think about this. Now... We say, well, I don't really like the way he's the head of the house, you know. So, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, we're not going to call the handlebar the handlebar no more. We're going to take the handlebar off and put it where the back tire is at and put the back tire where the handlebar was at. Would that work? No. I don't think it would be a good, you know, trade-off there. God, he wants us to work. He wants us to work absolutely flawlessly. He, he wants to to connect us perfectly the way he knows what's best. And, and we may not know always what really is best for us, but he genuinely does know what's best for us. So let's read that verse one more time in uh, the King James Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You submit to your husband the same way you submit. You know, we're subjects of the king. And we are subject to him and we submit to the king. And so we understand that. But then when he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as you do unto the Lord. And so if, if we are not submitting ourselves unto the Lord, it's really difficult to be in submission to our, our husbands is what he's saying here. And then he goes on to say in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject. And that's talking about as the church is subject, is submissive, you know, uh, unto Christ. That's what he's talking about here. 
Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. That's pretty, pretty, pretty clear, mm -hmm. I think, you know. And that kind of thing goes, it meddles with people, don't you think? It does. Now, does the hair stand up on the back of your neck when I use the word submissive? No, it doesn't. Not it, usually. It, not usually? Well, it does with some people. They almost want to bite you about it, you know. But it's because we've just not learned God's ways. And as we learn God's ways and we see the, the wonderful blessing that's poured out upon us when we do it, he says in his word, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands. Not to anybody else, but to your own husbands. And 100% in everything. everything. And then in First Thessalonians, it tells us how to uh, how to make this take place in our lives. Always be joyful. Always. That's a hundred percent. Are we always joyful? Mm, not necessarily, but we are joyful when we get our way, right? And you're supposed to say right. Yes. No, I'm just picking on you. <laughs> Never stop praying. Never. Stop praying. Always be joyful 100% of the time. Never stop praying. That means we're praying 100% of the time. Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful. In, is all circumstances really good? No. But he says be thankful in them all. Yeah. That's what he's telling us to do. And then he goes on and explains to us in the latter part of verse 18. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. This is God's will, that you're always joyful, you'll never stop praying, you'll be thankful in all circumstances. Can God work everything together for good? Yes, he can. <clears throat> it's my favorite verse because it's so true and it's so powerful. And the Apostle Paul says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And we do belong to Christ, and we belong to each other. It's important that we understand that. And as we belong to each other and we are well connected, then everything works right. Our family works right. Our work works right. Everything, when we strive to do what God's word says for us to do. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 19. You know, we were just thinking about some things about the relationship between a husband and wife that really belonging to Christ affects everything and it should affect everything in our lives. And especially, you know, in a husband and wife relationship, that is our next priority be below our relationship with Christ. And, you know, sometimes a husband or a wife might try to point the finger at the other person and say, well, you do what you're supposed to do, then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. A wife might say, well, if my, my husband would treat me and love me like Christ loves the church, I, then I would submit to him. Or on the other hand, the husband may say, well, if my, my wife would, you know, if she would be submissive to me, then I'll love her as Christ loves the church. And we try to, to point the finger at the other person and, and say, if they'll do their part, then I'll do my part. But God holds each of us accountable because I belong to Christ, because he belongs to Christ. We're each accountable to do what God has called us to do in our relationship. And that oh, right. it says here in Ephesians, it says in the King James, it says to submit, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. And, you know, and, and I've encouraged ladies and I, I do it myself. When I, you know, look at my husband, I see Christ behind him, you know, and, and would, that helps me to remind, remind myself that I need to be treating him the same way that I, would treat Christ. I need to submit myself unto him in that same way. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect, you know. But that is, that is our goal, is to submit ourselves to our husbands as unto the Lord. Because I belong to Christ, I want to honor God in that way. And, and in these relationships, our husband and wife relationship, you know, because we belong to him, it needs to show up in, in those relationships. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dear friends, never. Never. In no way, he said here. Dear friends, never take revenge. You ever take revenge? Uh, 
I'm going to get even. They may not, but I'm going to get even. Yeah, I, there's payback coming. The Bible says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Let God handle such things. That, you and I are not God, and, and it's not our position to take any revenge on anybody if they're doing things that we think they ought not to be doing. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I, God, this is talking about, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. That's, that's God's business. It's not ours. And said, if your enemies are hungry, it tells us to starve them, right? No, if your enemy is hungry, you're to feed them. That's what he says in his word. If they are thirsty, give them a cup full of salt. No, he says if they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame. Uh, the translation says burning coals of fire, you know, upon their heads. When you do something good for them, it says you're going to be heaping coals of fire or, or coals of shame on their heads. And in the Bible, the women, you know, they, they carried the water in these big old water jugs and all. And uh, they, they heated and they cooked and they had light in their homes because of coal that they would burn. They had a little bit of wood, but they didn't have near as much wood as they had coal to burn. And it was saying if, if someone ran out of fuel in their home and so... Uh, the lady came over to your house and she said, you know, my, my family's not home yet and I, I don't have any fuel to cook the food and to, to keep us warm tonight and all. Could I borrow a little bit, you know? And uh, the, the neighbor would take coal and fill up their water pot with it, without the water in it, of course, fill it up, and then they would take the hot glowing coals from their own fireplace and put it on the top because they didn't really have bits, you know, to start their fires with. So this made it so much easier to send coals that were already red hot. And then how do the ladies carry these things? On their head. And he said, when, when, when we do the right thing, we're heaping coals of fire upon their head. That was not a negative aspect of revenge. That was the most positive thing you could do. You gave them fuel to cook and to heat their homes with. You know, even gave them some uh, glowing coal so they could start the fire when they got home as easy as possible. That's, that's what he's talking about here. Let me see, what, what was that now? Uh, verse 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We belong to Christ, but we belong to each other too, the scripture says. All these parts of the bicycle, they, they belong together you know, connected perfectly and it functions wonderfully when they're connected the way they are supposed to be. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He, almighty God, he makes the whole body, the body of Christ, like and you can say, well, this is the body of Christ. He makes it all fit and work and function perfectly. God does that. That's what he says. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, like a puzzle. You ever put together a puzzle? You know, if, now I'm not really so much of a puzzle kind of a guy, you know, but we've been to places where people are putting together puzzles or when we get together with other parts of the family and they're putting together a puzzle and it's like you walk by and you go, that piece here goes right over there. And before you know it, you're sitting down there and you're addicted to putting puzzles together, you know. You're helping them... And, and God specializes in putting all the pieces of the puzzle together in our life. He really specializes in that. And when he puts us together, we connect properly. You know, he, he uses that word perfectly somewhere here. Let me find it again. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. And, and we're all called peacemakers. That's what he wants us to be. Not a peace breaker, 
but a peacemaker. And he specializes in, in bringing us together perfectly, and it helps the other parts to grow. So let's help each other grow. Let, let's do that which enables us to grow and to blossom and to bloom and be all that God wants us to be. And he goes on to say, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's just get in harmony with God and get in harmony with the rest of the body of Christ and connect the way he wants us to because we genuinely do belong together. Now, Benjamin Franklin, he formed a support group of very brilliant people. Y'all have heard of Benjamin Franklin. And he formed this support group of very brilliant people, and he called it my most ingenious friends group. Do you have a most ingenious friends group? Well, Benjamin Franklin did. And that group got together, and they would write papers and discuss them, and they would discuss questions and help each other in their careers and goals. And they met every Friday night for 40 years. Pretty long time. Benjamin Franklin met with this group of people you know, every Friday night for 40 years. And Franklin was still accomplishing things in his 80s and in his 90s. Why? Because he had a support group that, that kept him growing. And we need, we belong together. We belong to Christ and we belong to the body of Christ. And as we're connected, it helps us to blossom and to grow. And you'll be amazed what God does in us when we're connected, you know. Um, you know, kids need to be connected. You know that? With the body of Christ. Teenagers need to be connected. You know, young adults, I mean, married and single and single parents and middle-aged and men and women and senior citizens, we all need to be connected to the body of Christ. It allows us to function and, and wonder uh, amazingly how the creativity flows when we're where we ought to be. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And then in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God. We can tell who are children of God? Oh, how would that be if God gives us a passage that says we can tell who the children of God are? And you know? who are children of the devil. Let's read it one more time. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously. Who does not live right. Who does not live Christ-like. Who does not follow God's instruction and direction. Anyone who does not live righteously. And does not love other believers. And they don't love Christ's followers, they, they don't love believers, followers of Christ, the body of Christ. Does not belong to God. That's what he says. It's very simple and it's very clear. Let me just read it one more time. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously, godly, Christ-like, does not love other believers and does not belong to to God. He says that. So, well, well, that's not fair. You, you take that out with God. This is God's instruction. This is the manufacturer's handbook. And you know what? A guy who understands how to work on bicycles and he knows how to adjust the brakes and the, the chain and the sprocket and, and the gears. And there's a lot of timing put into, you know, bicycles and all to make them function properly with the least amount of effort. But God knows how to put us together. He really does. So we function optimally. That's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, there's a, the, the great command is to do what? To love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And, 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 and then to love your neighbor, how? As yourself. As yourself. But you know what it says in the New Testament? It's, it's a little bit higher standard because we know the... This great command says, love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus says, love your neighbor as I love you. That's a little higher standard because Christ went to the cross for me. He died for me. 
You know, we've not always been inspired to die, be, you know, be willing to die for somebody. For some we might would, but not for everybody. But he's telling us we belong together. We genuinely do. And we're, we're, we're to love our neighbors ourselves, but more than that, we're to love our neighbor as Christ loved us. That's what he's telling us. So I want to talk about, just briefly, I want to talk to you about two ships. And uh, last night I was talking about this and someone called me this morning and said, you know what, there's a lot of ships in the Bible. I said, you know what, we're going, that's going to take another series or something to talk about all the ships that the Bible talks about. But let me talk about these two ships. Loving God is worship. To love God is to worship, and, and God's looking for those of us who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and, and we can falsely worship him. We can say a bunch of words but not mean them, you know. But he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, um, loving each other is called Fellowship. You know, loving God is worship, but loving one another is called fellowship. Those are two important ships that we need to remember and uh, apply to our life. And a, a true friend is someone who will put your needs above their own needs and, and will give up their, their, their own time and their own you know, energy and their own uh, resources and conveniences to help you. That's what a true Friend does, but to be honest with you, it's not like, uh, yeah, I want a friend like that. No, maybe the better approach would be it's like, I want to be a friend like that. It's not just seeking, well, what's best for me, but it's just like, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I impact other people? A true friend, you know, what I'm talking about. That's what really fulfills us. It's not just to have a true friend. It's wonderful to have a true friend, but God challenges us to be a true friend, you know. Thomas Edison, he had a support group called My Mastermind Alliance. This is his, his small group. And he put people with a similar life mission together, and that group, in a six-year period, they came up, with over 300 patented inventions. If you want your business, if you want your plans, well, we need to understand we belong to God and we belong together. And brothers and sisters in Christ might just have that word of encouragement that just changes your life for the better. These Thomas Edison's group, they were averaging one Minor invention every six weeks and one major invention every six months. When you have a group and you understand that you belong, I mean, it's not just me, the Lone Ranger, and just doing it all by myself. Henry Ford, he said, my best friend is the one who brings out the best in me. On Thursday, and I said, you know what? We haven't been to the grocery store, you know. And, and things just don't normally pop up if you don't go grocery shopping and all. But I, I already had it figured out. You know, I, I got squirrels all on the mountain behind my house, you know. And the week before that, I already put three of them in the freezer just waiting for an opportunity to use them, you know. And, and deer and, and turkeys and possums. Yes, the Thomas family has had possum for Thanksgiving before. And wild turkeys and raccoons and all. And I figured, well, I'll just get out there and I'll fix Susan and my mom. She lives with us now. And, and James and I'll, I'll just fix them. What God provides in the grocery store out in the backyard, you know. And, and that was my real intention to do so. And then someone called and they showed up and they brought us this awesome, fantastic, amazing meal. A meal that would accommodate a dozen people. For several times. It's just like, wow, this is amazing. But see, to me, that was, that was pretty spectacular and miraculous because of my need at that time and all the things I was trying to do, plus studying and getting ready for Christmas and all the things. And, you know, Susan wasn't able to really get around and do too much. 
because her, she had really hurt her, sprained her ankle really bad and all. And uh, it was phenomenal. It was just like, that was a miracle. It genuinely was a miracle for us. Dynamically impacted us. And then a family, he brought this over to us. You know, the next morning, I got a phone call around 7 o'clock. He said, uh, I forgot to bring the gravy. And my wife says, I got to bring it over now, you know. <laughs> We've already eaten one of the meals, but it is better with gravy on it, you know. And I uh, brought it over, and and then I think it was yesterday we ended up with this big white cooler on at our front door, you know. It's like, whoa, this is absolutely amazing, you know. Well, I'm the pastor, and there's lots of people might know me and might think about me maybe more than some other people and all. And so I'm challenging you. It's that's not to love and to care for and do good things for, not just the pastor. It's people who live in your sphere of influence where you know there's a genuine need and, and to do something kind for them. And it might only be a cup of coffee and, and lend an ear and say a simple prayer, you know, and, and encourage them. That's, that's what we can do. But you know what? We, we got a lot more, well, not too much more to cover. Would you, would you read that, that verse over here? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. Fully trusting Him? What's it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You can't get it all figured out. We can't get it all figured out. I figured out how I was going to have dinner. And it would have probably worked. There would have been a lot extra work involved with it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your, your path. That's what he tells us he'll do. So he says here again in Hebrews. Chapter 10, verse 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty... And, and that's where we belong. That's where we belong, trusting him. That's where we genuinely belong, trusting him. In the Almighty God. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's home of the washing of the water of the word. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. To be honest with you, God said it. That settles it whether you believe it or not. <laughs> That's the truth of it, you know. And his word is alive. It's a promise. It's powerful. It just has miraculous power flowing to us through his word, you know. And, and being a Christian is a very personal thing. But don't misunderstand when I say it's a personal thing because being a Christian should be a public thing also. Genuinely, uh, I don't know if I've ever been to a restaurant and, and, and had something to eat or drink that I didn't bow my head and pray over my food. I wasn't ashamed for someone to know that I was a believer. It, it's a personal thing with me, but it's a public thing also. And if, and if I hear somebody, I'm standing out at the door waiting for Susan to come out of the grocery store or something, and somebody comes along there, he's waiting on his wife too, and I find out about a need he has, I pray for him right there. Christianity is, is, is a personal thing, but it's a public thing as well, you know? And, and I would ask you, is your Christianity a public thing? Or are we ashamed for someone to know that I, I believe in Jesus, you know? It, it, it is a personal and it is a public thing. And power and life transformation flows from that. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, let us think of. Let us think. In the King James Bible, it says, let us consider. And that word consider is a very, you know, powerful, very, very strong word. It says, let us consider. You know, let us think, let us consider. And then it goes on here. It says, let us think of. Ways to motivate one another to acts of love. To acts. Of love to, to actions of love. Let us think, 
Consider of ways to motivate. What can you do to motivate people to do acts of love and, and, and good works to other people? It might be a simple cup of coffee. It might be taking them a meal. It might be saying a prayer for them. It might be saying a prayer for them that they don't even know you're praying for them. Or maybe they do know you're praying for them. You know, but whatever it is, it said, we should think, prayerfully think of ways to motivate other people to acts, actions of love and, and, and good works. What can we do? Because, see, God has designed us and he's, he's uh, strategized us, you know, to provoke others to love and good works. And that's what the King James Bible says. You know, he wants us to provoke others, not to anger, but provoke others to love and to good works. And we can do that. We, we, we surely can. That's what that, this couple did. They planned, they considered, they strategized on how to. And they provoked us. It. I mean, boy, they just provoked me to love. To love. And good works because it really dynamically helped us at a little time when I was somebody in a pickle, you know. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Don't provoke your kids to be angry. But God does tell us to provoke one another to love and to provoke them to good works, you know. Have you ever pro- provoked someone to anger? You know how to do that. You could probably get somebody, you know which buttons to push to provoke someone to get angry, you know. But God wants us to do the exact opposite of that. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. You know, because talk is cheap. I don't know if you know it, but I've seen guys who learn to do that well. Even young guys that tell a young lady, oh, I love you. But he was just wanting to tell her that so he could get to kiss her or something else, you know. And it wasn't real truth. And it happens with all genders. In every situation, you know, it says, dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, you know. Don't just say it because talk is cheap. But he goes on to say, let us show the truth by our actions. And when we act like Christ, righteously, let us show the truth by our actions. And then he goes on to say in verse 19. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, to the manufacturer's handbook, if you will. We must not only, you know, preach truth, but we must practice truth. It becomes a reality to us, you know, that way. And then picking back up over here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together. What would happen if the spokes stopped meeting with the rim? What would happen if the spokes stopped meeting with the hub? What would happen if the chain stopped a meeting with the sprocket? Oh, that's not that big a deal. If you ride a bicycle, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know? And God intended us to belong, to, to be connected. That's what God fully intends for us to do and for us to be. That's what he wants. You are forgiven. <laughs> Just, uh, I was going to say, I'll just tease it. No, I'm serious. You're forgiven. Uh, but you know what? We need to be long to not only God, but to God's family and to reach our full potential. You know, what happens if all these pieces get disconnected? It, it, you can't ride it no more. It can't do what it was originally created to do. That's just the truth of it. You know, encouragement. It means pouring courage into someone who needs it. And you'll never have to look very far to find someone who needs encouragement. You ever need encouragement? Yes. 
We, we all do. And if we were to prayerfully consider, we think about it, you know. We, we, we consider and we think about, well, what can I do to encourage someone else? Because there's so many people around us who need encouragement. We need encouragement our own selves, you know. That's what it's talking about here. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm. To encourage means to come alongside and help. Like the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, he comes alongside us and he helps us. And, and, and by the Holy Spirit working in us, we'll come alongside somebody else. And it might, might be with a meal or a cup of coffee or just a prayer or a word of encouragement, that we come along someone and help them because we genuinely belong. And this time in that we live in right now, there's, there's great uh, desperation at times and there's great need at times and there's a lot of encouragement that is genuinely needed, you know? And there are some who think, well, I don't really belong to a church. I don't need it. Imagine if the spoke said, well, I don't need the ram. I don't need the... The hub, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't accomplish what it was created to do if it don't, you know. Can you imagine a, a tuba player saying, you know, I don't want to be a part of an orchestra. I just want to do solos. How many tuba solos have you heard? I, I, I can think of only one. Uh, what is it? In the kids' show Veggie Tales, in the, the beginning song. There's a tuba solo. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, well, that's probably enough of tuba solos, you know. But he needs the whole rest of the orchestra. Genuinely does. Well, what about honeybees? What if a honeybee says, I don't need the hive. You'll never survive a winter in New England without a hive. That's just the truth of it because we need each other. Just as much as a Christian needs the body of Christ, needs other believers in his life, you know. A Christian is meant to belong. That's just the way God created us. God never intended for us just to live a life of isolation. That was never God's intent. And I don't know, you probably may have seen them. We have seen these geese flying south already, and they're in that V pattern. Have you seen that across the sky? And it's really amazing how those geese will get in that pattern of a V, and they're flying south. Well, it's warmer and it's easier to survive down there at this time, I suppose. And uh, anyhow, the, the, the goose in the very front, he'll get tired out because he's breaking the wind for all the other geese. And it's easier for them. And then he'll get tired and he'll fall back and get to the back of the V. And the next goose will get in line there and take it on. And it's scientifically proven that it's 71% easier for geese to fly, and they can fly a lot further in that formation than if they just fly as a great big old flock of birds. It's amazing, and it has been identified scientifically that a goose who gets sick or something or another, and he, he, he can't keep up with everybody, and he flies down to the ground, two other geese will follow him. And they'll do their best to try to help take care of him. And when he's restored and back together, the next flock of geese is flying south. They'll just join that flock and they'll continue their journey. Because they belong together. God had a plan for them and he has a plan surely for, for you and, and, and for me. First John chapter 1 verse 7. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we're living in the light of God's word, in relationship with him, we will belong. We need each other. We genuinely do. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin. And we've all been overcome with sin before, haven't we? Yes. And he says... If another believer is overcome by sin... You who are godly... I mean spiritually minded... Should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Because Share, none of us are immune to sin. Share each other's burdens. 
and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Is anybody too important to help someone? No. That's right. I mean, when we belong to Christ, his arm extends and his words extends to us and then through us to make a difference in other people's lives. You know, the opposite of neglect of meeting together is to engage together, you know? And it's like that chain is connected to the sprocket and the, the spokes are connected to the, the hub and, and we all need to be connected the way God wants us to be, you know? Now, let me see. I have a, a bag here somewhere. <laughs> let me see. Is that the right one? I'm not sure. It's not that one. I'm not sure if this one is. Oh, well. You know what these are? Marbles. Be careful for that one. He got away from me here. But when you think about this, as I was thinking about it. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, um, let's not be like a marble. What is a marble? It's hard. A marble is independent, isn't it? And, and marbles are unconnected. So that one just got away and did his own thing all by itself there, you know? Think about this. But, but we should be more like, oh, don't go away. <clears throat> Somebody watched the service last night. <laughs> or we're here. Can you move your water bottle, dear? Yep. Uh, don't be like a marble, hard and independent and unconnected. But I want to challenge you to be more like a... It looks like a marble. Mm-hmm. Tastes better than any marbles I've ever eaten. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You just finished it Well, I forgot to tell him that last night you lost your marbles. I got on my way to church and said, where's my marbles? He said, I've lost my marbles. I had to go back and she started picking on me about losing my marbles. But I was not sure because I had to run around because I have people who help me get my props together if I call them. Usually me. Yeah. Oh, is it you who do that? But I had to go get it, and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get no grapes. So I found another way to get a whole bunch of grapes. There's a whole bunch of grapes in there. And I'll promise you they're connected. They are united together. Anybody ever enjoy grape juice? You know what? Wonderful. Because they're all united and working Together. Let me see what time it is. Okay. And just a wee bit more time? Mm-hmm. I know. Here, let's see. Let's read there in Hebrews. Hebrews 10, 24, again, but this is in the Message Bible, says, Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Be inventive. You can be more creative than just a cup of coffee, but a cup of coffee is, is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I think we all probably like that. But he says... Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. If you sit around and think about it and pray about how how inventive can you be in encouraging somebody else? Not avoiding worshiping together as some do. We need to worship together. And, And I know I advocated watch church online, eat your waffles and pancakes in bed with your kids and all. That was during the pandemic. 
But when we can get back together, we need each other. We genuinely need each other. We can't just go it alone. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on. Hmm. Especially as we see the big day approaching. You know, and then he goes on, and I want to challenge you. What I'm hearing in all this, you know, belonging, that God has a, an assignment for us. And I want to challenge you with an assignment before you go to church next time and before you are involved with your, your life group and all, I want to challenge you to prayerfully think about it. When God brings you into contact with someone else, even if it's just, you know, takes you about 10 seconds to do it, you, you, you probably got an encouraging word to give them. We have an assignment to love other people. You to provoke them to love and, 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 and to good works, you know? That, that's what God wants us to do. And uh, yeah. you could add just a little bit of sweetening to someone's life if you wanted to, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. And I have an object lesson for that right here. I think there's a scripture, isn't it, that kind words are like them? I think it is. So I'm going to encourage you. I don't know if you know what this is. It's called a bit of honey. Sometimes we all need just a little bit of honey, you know. So I'd ask you if if, if you would, and I'm going to tell you all something spectacular about the Saturday night group. I told them when I went out, I bought every bit of honey I could find. And I wasn't sure I was going to have enough for all three services. So last night, I asked everybody, I said, if you're with your wife or something, if you could break it in half and y'all both have half to leave more for the people on the Sunday service. So I think we have enough for everybody to take one of their own self now, okay? But genuinely, one lady, she came by and she took one and she split it with her friend. And then she gave Susan some money and said, Go see if you can find some more for tomorrow. Well, Susan's ankle, she's kind of hobbling around there. I, I'm wondering if she's not just milking this thing, so I'll keep doing the dishes and cooking and all, you know. It's been awesome. <laughs> but, but I didn't get out to go find some more. But there, when you leave, I'd like you to take this piece of, of candy called a bit of honey, and, and we all can offer the people who's in our life just a little bit of honey, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of love and kindness, you know, and to provoke them to love and kindness. And hopefully they'll just carry that on to the people who are around about them. And we'll, we'll tell you more details about what our plan is for uh, life groups in, in uh, January. We launch out into this if you want to be a part. I know life groups, as we met together, some life groups have different topics, but we had the one where I give them 10, 10 questions a, a week, and after the, their surface, whether it was a morning or a breakfast or a lunch or a dinner or, or just a snack or a cup of coffee or nothing at all, but they would get together and they would discuss those 10 questions. Like, how can we apply? There would be 10 questions on this lesson that I'd put together, and you'd get together, you'd pray and start off, and, and then... You answered the questions, and you, if you had a prayer need, the group would pray for you before you left. It was interesting if there was people who had babies who were in life groups, and their group cared for them and come and visited them and provided meals for them. And someone who was sick or something, people would, would pray and, and network together. We really genuinely need each other. And this world is getting kind of crazy right now. It, it genuinely is, you know. And we need to remember that we belong to God. You know, we genuinely do, and he has a plan, and he wants us to consider what his plan is and how we can make a difference in other people's lives. Is there anything you want to say? Did you want me to read this last scripture? Oh, I, I thought you was reading it already while I was, I was supposed to playing with my bit of honey. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 16, in the Message Bible says, Love from the center of who you are. From the center. Don't fake it. You know, you, you can fake love, can't you? Mm-hmm. You can fake it, you know, and everybody can think you're so wonderful and you're so great because of faking. 
You know, people are pretty good at faking things, you know. But God's word advocates to do what? Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who Be love good friends. deeply. Love we, deeply. We, we have a lot of good friends here. We surely do. Practice playing second fiddle. You don't always have to be number one. You don't always have to be number one. I don't know if you heard me say that or not, but you so. don't always have to be number one, you know. Practice. Learn to play second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Make friends with nobodies. Nobodies. Well, if, you're, if you happen to be one of my friends, you have a friend who's a nobody. Because that was me. Genuinely. You know, and a brother came up last night after the service and it brought me to tears. <laughs> he said, Pastor Ron, you're somebody, you know? And we need to have that attitude toward all the people that God brings in our life. You're somebody. Each and every one of you are somebody. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. We belong to him and we belong together. And that's where revival takes place mm-hmm. in such a, a unity, in such a, uh, uniting and a harmony. That's just the truth of it. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Hmm. I, I, I want to be number one. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to do the dance. I want to, I want to be out in the front. You know, but it's like, let God use you the way he created you to impact other people's lives, you know? Have you ever been at the bedside of someone who passed on to the the next world called heaven? I've never, and I have too, but I've never heard anybody say, would would you rush Pastor Ron and and get me my my high school diploma and my college degrees and all? I want to see those. And I've never heard anyone say, would you go give me that gold watch I got for retirement? I just want to hold that a little while. Never heard that. But I have heard, say, would you bring in my family? Would you bring my friends? That's what's of value. To belong to one another. That's the most valuable thing we got is relationships with one another. All the other stuff will soon pass. Our relationships are what's really important. I'd like us to pray together and reaffirm Christ as our Savior. If you'd reaffirm that with me right now and those who are watching online... And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you declare your faith in him as we reaffirm our faith right now? So we just bow our heads, and I'd ask you to pray out loud with me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And you've got a plan for my life. And you've got a plan for my life. And you sent your son Jesus. You sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me. To wash all my sins away. To wash all my sins away. And make a place in heaven for me. To make a place in heaven for me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus in. And I welcome Jesus in. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my soon coming King. And as my soon coming King. Help me, Almighty God. Help me, Almighty God. To belong. To belong. Help me to be an extension of your hand. Help me to be an extension of your hand. To the people around me. To the people around me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen.